you're hungry, because you're listening to Everybody Eats. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Everybody Eats podcast. It's your host, Bensky Belazaire. We're here on the line with Mr. John Morgan, as well as you know, my co-host on the line. So, John, I want to thank you very much for coming on to the show. Really no appreciate No problem, man. No problem. Thanks, thanks for having me, fellas. Appreciate definitely, it. Definitely. So, um, before we start that, for all our followers, make sure that you're on all of our social media platforms. Follow us on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We're on there. So make sure you're checking us out, checking out our content. Shout out to all of our listeners, domestic and abroad. And obviously, we want to wish um, health, um, health and safety to everyone during these times. So uh, now to get into today's episode, this is another example of DMs reaching out. This, this is how it works, collaborating, right? So John reached out, um, you know, really expressed interest in the podcast, reached back out, had a phone call, and I was like, yo, we got to get you on the show. So for all the creators, collabors, whatever you do, business owners, entrepreneurs, always repeat, definitely use this time to reach out, send DMs, collab with people. Everyone's online, so there's not an excuse not to. So make sure you go reaching out, and that's how you make connections and network, right? So... That's a little background about how we met. So, John, if you could briefly introduce yourself, what do you do, where are you from, and then we'll get the rolling. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, like you said, Binsky, um, obviously my name is John Morgan. Um, born and raised in Akron, Ohio, hometown of LeBron James. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you know, Akron, Akron is what I know, man. Um, been here literally my whole my whole life, born and raised here. Um, I was I was born in the city of, of Akron uh, when I was pr- probably about 12, 12, 13 years old. My mother got remarried um, and we actually relocated out to like a suburb outside of Akron called Copley. And I ended up going to school there um, and graduating from there. I played sports my entire life, um, like most like most black kids in America, man. You know, I came up playing football, basketball. Um, I was a bowler. You know, bowling was actually my okay. first love. You know okay. what I'm saying? Before I became <laughs> a basketball or a football, you know, I was a bowler. I can still get out there and, you know, get, get to it with the best of them today. Um, I, put my, I put my money on that with anybody. Um, and, and, and truthfully, man, you know, um, when sports didn't necessarily work out for me um, in, in high school, you know, I wanted to go to, wanted to go to college. I thought that I was going to go. Um, and truthfully, man, I really just didn't, um, I didn't have the, the resources or nor, nor did I have a lot of the information that really went into, you know, what it took to necessarily go to school, um, let alone to be able to pay for school. Um, so what that meant was when I did go to school, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, I, I, I went and I re- really wasn't going. I was partying a lot, you know, not really paying attention in school at all, which caused me to have a lot of bumps in the road. I ended up getting kicked out of school um, for not really doing the right thing, not really attending school. I, matter of fact, I would go to class and I would literally to all the students out there, please don't do this. I really just not go to college at all before you do what I did. I would go into class with five minutes left to go, sign my name in as I was attending the class and I would literally leave. Um, so I had no I had no intentions of, you know, really trying to become a a well college student. Um, but it was it was it was all good because it was, you know, um, I categorize categorized that as being, you know, in my in my life experience, you know, that led to me you know, having a lot of trials and tribulations um, down the road, which ultimately allowed me to, you know, get myself back into school. And I was able to end up going to school and getting my degree um, as a social worker. Um, and that's what I do now. Um, I work over at the I Promise School, um, working with the outside mental health agency. I've been there for maybe like um, five or six years now. We are the actually the only um, Black-owned, nationally accredited mental health agency in the country. Um, and the name of that agency is called Minority Behavioral Health Group. Um, and I've been working there, working with different schools here in the city of city of Akron for the last five or six years. Um, and and really tell you the truth, how, you know, I even got connected to you guys. Um, it's, it's, it's so funny, man. And everything is just in divine order. I'm a, I'm a very spiritual person um, and, and person who believes in things being in divine order, being things the way that they. You, you, I believe that things are happening the way they're supposed to be. Because um, to tell you the truth, I am not a social media person at all. Um, <laughs> literally before mm, maybe a year ago, I didn't even have any social media platforms at all. Mm. Um, 
I was actually just a super fan of, of podcasts, man. I loved um I love Joe Rogan's podcast. I loved Oprah Super Soul podcast. I love Brian Rose's London Real podcast. Um I now love Ernie Leisure's podcast. And it was yeah. another guy, his name was Arian Foster. He had a podcast called the Now What Podcast. Um he used to be an ex-football player. Um and he does music now. And he had a podcast where he would just interview people based on their everyday walks of life. And I really took to that podcast. It was just something about his story um, specifically that really resonated me, resonated with me because in his, in his day to day, he was really just trying to figure this thing out. But the podcast Avenue gave him an opportunity to do that on camera, really talk and interview with other like-minded people like himself. And, you know, he was really in a position of transitioning from, one phase of professional football into being an artist, into being in the media and the podcast space, and really just trying to figure it out. Um, and I and I think you know, really, even just going back to my dreams as a kid, I always wanted to do something in the broadcasting field or just something um, in the sports realm, something just putting myself out there. Um, and I really didn't necessarily know what to do in this podcast world as it became to blossom. You know, it just seemed like it just fit for me, um, which you know led me to started my own podcast called the live your purpose podcast. Um, and that's kind of like how my, that's kind of how our relationship formed. But even prior to that, um, maybe, maybe three, four years ago, I was actually, I, I take a step back, um, prior to, well, when I was working at the mental health agency that I was at, I actually left for a little bit of time. I went to go become a club director at the boys and girls club. And during that time, I was really having a hard time and I was really stressed out. Um, I loved I loved the job of being with kids, but the position that I was in, it was forcing me to do uh, more things from a managerial standpoint as opposed to direct care with kids, and that's just not what I wanted to do. You know, I really wanted to do more of direct care with individuals. Um, and I don't even know how I came about. I think I was listening to just real estate podcasts. Um, I picked up Rich Dad Poor Dad, and my life changed. Yeah, um, I was living with my great grandmother at the time and, you know, she ended up getting sick and uh, she was in her in her early 90s. She had a fall. Binsky, I think I told you this over the phone. She had a fall um, and she bumped her head and it and it sped her, her early onset dementia. And we, we as a family, we had to kind of pull our resources together and get her uh, in home nursing services and things like that and in, in home care services for her. And at the time, it was just a lot going on. Um, and I was like, you know what? I have to I have to get out of here. So um, in the midst of reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad and trying to find a place to go, um, a good friend of mine, he who I knew was in the real estate space, um, I was going to actually go rent a place from him. And I asked him, I said, hey, man, do you think it'd be better for me to rent or to really try to buy my own? And he said, John, honestly, just try to buy your own. And those two things, when he told me to try to buy my own, and when I read Rich Dad Poor Dad, the the light switch and like the aha moment went off in my head to like pursue um, this entrepreneur thing, um, and that's kind of like what led led us to where we are today. We're starting the podcast, really becoming you know um, ingrained into the real estate investing space. Um, continue to try to pursue that, um, and it, and it led us to you know forming this relationship that we have today. Definitely, definitely. That's that's. Um... You know, I've heard part of that story, but I think, like like mentioned, I think that's a definitely interesting journey, and I think it 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 kind of highlights, um, you know, I think it highlights the journey, you know, itself. Mm -hmm. You know I mean that like you, it seems like, or it is that you, you've done multiple things before. You kind of like had different avenues, different lanes, and all of that kind of like you said, this built up experience just led you to what you're doing now. Yeah. You know, and um, I think it kind of goes to show the fact that like it's not always not always like a direct path you know what i'm saying Absolutely. like it's definitely it's never always a direct path there's going to be either bumps in the road there's going to be oh you maybe find something interesting now maybe you don't you know maybe you change your mind a little bit later and things like that so um i think Absolutely. that really definitely highlights the journey um yeah. so two things i want to just uh bring out you said you work at the i promise school that's the school by uh, lebron right the, correct yep mm -hmm. yeah so um i like i've only heard about it so like how actually is that like is it yeah. like I only hear about it kind of like in the news and stuff like that, but like, how, how is that? I feel like that's like really cool. Yeah, for sure. Um, it is very much unique in itself. Um, 
the one one thing about the one thing about uh, the I Promise School is, for for the most part, everybody who is involved with with it, they want they want it to be something special, um, yeah. and, and that in itself allows it to have a different frequency inside of it. Um, but to be completely honest with you, it's still under the um, it's still under the structure of from the public school system, which those of us who know who have been in education. The education system still comes with a lot of faults. Um, yeah. So, although it does have a lot of good, because it is, um, it is allowing it, it. It is a it is targeting individuals and students who, on paper at least, by other structure and by other situations, a lot of those students will be thrown to the wayside. And with the I Promise School, they are literally targeting your lowest kids and reading comprehension and math. And the I Promise School is doing things to uh, allocate different resources, whether that be different teachers on hand, um, different resources on hand for the parents um, to be able to come to the school and get things when they need them. And they just have tried to create a system in place in the school where it literally knocks down a lot of stresses for the parents. So the kids are just able to focus on school. And that in itself has allowed um, the school to kind of flourish. But, you know, I, I would not be telling the truth if I didn't say that um, the school still does have some of its struggle just because it's still under the public school system, which, you know, does have. Uh, unfortunately, it is rooted in a lot of um, oppressive systems and is, you know, and it's still a long ways to go to kind of help um, those individuals. But all in all, the kids are great. I have great relationships with, with you know, with some staff members, staff members there who I call friends today. Um, and one thing about it, when you work with kids, man, kids never let you have a dull moment ever. Um, <laughs> and, they know, and, and tell you the truth, like a lot of times people, you know, because again, I work in the mental health space and I'm ultimately seeing things that people would never really understand what kids really go through. Um, mm -hmm. I could tell you some things about some of the things that kids have told me, um, that they may have experienced that you would, and I would tell a person, they would say, and that can't be true. That's, that can't be a kid. And I'm talking to you about something that a, a third grader has experienced. Um, but the best thing about it is, is that they have such a, they have so much of a, of a light and joy to them to be, to have gone through so much. Um, so it, it allows me to, to really enjoy working with them. You know, the hard part is never the kids. It's never the students. It's the yeah. adults really that, that, makes, that, makes it, that makes it hard. The students yeah. are are the are, are the best part um, about about the job. So um, I love it there. I, I really love. I, I work for a, a outside agency. We just kind of have a contract within the school, um, but we do have office space in the school. I'm there um, pretty much every day. Um, I've been there since since year one. Um, so yeah, it's a uh, it's great. But you know, like a lot of things, we still have a lot of work to do. Definitely, definitely. And uh, Edom, do you have anything uh, you want to bring up? Uh, yo, that's really dope. You know, I really loved hearing about that and, you know, nothing's perfect. So kind of see you paint it honestly, you know, in a, in a genuine light is, is really, I guess, touching and heartwarming. And one side question is, have you ever got to meet LeBron? Actually, I have. So I've met LeBron in passing a few times just not at the school unfortunately it's, it's just so funny because the times when he's actually been to the school i've had to go out to other schools so mm -hmm. we have never crossed paths within the school yet um but we've met you know in passing a few times over the years um one thing about akron the city is so small so like everybody everybody in this city knows everybody some way some form of fashion um so a lot of the people who are you know he's close with i have close relationships with um, like actually on my podcast, um, the, the most recent episode that I put out, um, his high school teammate, Romeo Travis, who was still a good friend of his, he was actually on my podcast a few, a few weeks ago. Um, mm. so, the, and again, that's just kind of the way that the city of Akron works. Um, it's a small knit community. Um, so we all know each other kind of in some form of fashion, but I've never really had a chance to really sit down and converse with LeBron about, about a lot of things. Got it, got it. I mean, I'm sure that's the goal. Get him on but the it, podcast. But in, in, in divine order, man, you know. Every, it'll happen. Nah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You, it'll happen. It'll happen. happen. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, uh, real briefly, um, we have a few minutes. Could you describe what is your podcast, what is the purpose of it, and what's your goal? 
Yeah, for sure. That is the, that is the great. So the name of this podcast and my goal with this podcast is I really want to highlight entrepreneurs specifically and to be able to highlight their stories and their trials and tribulations um, into where they um, some of the things that they've gone through prior to becoming an entrepreneur and where they are today. Um, and the reason that I, I like to do that is because, again, I know for myself that I didn't always see myself as, you know, becoming an entrepreneur. That was not always my dream. I would be lying if I sat here and said that it was. Now, mm. it, it's funny that I say that because even as a child, I could always remember telling my telling my mother and just thinking to myself, like, whatever I want to do, I know I want to be in control. I want to be a boss of it some way, somehow. But I never really had the idea of really becoming an entrepreneur. And one thing about becoming an entrepreneur when you necessarily didn't, you know, have your eyes set on it, it's hard work, man. Yeah. And it takes a, a hell of a mind shift to become an entrepreneur. And that is the part that I really want to try to highlight a lot when the entrepreneur journey, because today in 2020 with social media kind of being what it is, excuse me, entrepreneurship, it, it can be romanticized and it can be kind of like put on this pedestal where people think that it's something but they have no idea what it means to truly work for yourself and really grind. Um, because I think the majority of people who work for themselves, they would tell you, listen, you're not going to make any money for the first X amount of time. And if you do, it's going to be some luck. Um, so I really want to try to highlight entrepreneurs on, on my, uh, on my podcast and, but not even just entrepreneurs. I mean, that's the focal point who I really want to try to highlight, but I really just want to be able to highlight individual stories. Um, because I think that individual stories and their experiences is what allows us to relate to one another. And it allows us to really be able to, you know, grasp something and say, you know what, I can learn from that. That that makes sense to me. That's that's something that I've experienced or hmm, I never looked at life that way. Yeah. Maybe, you know, if I can uh, uh, attack my situation like this person did, maybe I can get something out of it. Um, so that's kind of like the, the focal of, of that. Um, the name itself, Live Your Purpose. I think that we all have some form of, of purpose purpose or, you know, reasoning um, for being here on this life, on this on this earth, whether you know it or not. Uh, we all have a reason for being here. I, I'm, I'm a real big person and believer of principles and values. And I actually in my, my real estate um, company is called Nia Properties. And Nia is a uh, African term. It's actually a, uh, a Kwanzaa principle, which means purpose. Um, I'm very much intentional about the 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 value of purpose um, because I believe that we all have have something special within us, whether we 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 know it or not. So I really just try to highlight people who are living and walking in their purpose, you know, um, because I believe that when we highlight those individuals, it helps other people know, you know, how they can find their own purpose. And and truthfully, man, I think that a lot of us really want to try to get there. Um, whether we want to admit it or not, yeah. um, we really want to try to be able to get get to a point in life where we live with intention and with purpose. So that's kind of what my podcast is about, and that's you know that's what, what the goal of, of it is to try to highlight entrepreneurs first, but try to highlight individual stories and like where they are today and what their definition of purpose looks like for them. Definitely, definitely. So I love that. Like you we had on the call earlier, I think we have um, similar similar goals and similar structures where. You know, one thing about uh, Everybody Eats is that we literally try to interview as many people, no matter if you have a million followers, or 100 followers, everyone has a story, everyone has experiences, everyone has lessons that right. other people can learn from. So it's not about your cloud. It's kind of like you said about your purpose. Right. Um, and I, was, I respect that, too, man. That's why, you know, that's why I really liked what you guys were doing, um, because the content that you guys are putting out there, I resonate with it. I, I think that you guys are doing a hell of a job of just as far as just being grinders. Um, but, you know, I, I like the fact that you guys are really taking real relationships and building off of that. Um, so I definitely su su support and salute what you guys are doing. Appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you very much. Definitely means a lot. So um, on that note, we'll conclude the first segment and then we'll be right back for segment two of the quote of the day. Stay tuned. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. Segment two of the Everybody Eats podcast. We just had a great conversation with John talking about his podcast and the back uh, backstory and everything that um, he does. Um, not completely. We still have a little bit more to get into what he does. But 
Right now, I'll take a quick break for the quote of the day. So this week, I have the quote. And the quote is actually a little story, or it's a little long. But long story short, the quote comes from a movie. So I guess if you could name, this would be name the movie that it's from. So um, it's a little lengthy, but it's something I found interesting. Do I get a hint? Um, I'll give you a hint after. Okay. Alright, I'll give you a hint after, but uh, try and guess where this, this uh, quote slash story um, is from. A man was drowning in the river. A boat comes along and the captain yells at the man, do you need some help? The man says, no thanks, God will save me. And the ship goes away. Then a second boat comes along and says, do you need some help? And the guy says, no thanks, God will save me. And the ship sails off. Eventually, the man drowns. And when he gets to heaven, God is waiting for him there. And the guy says, how come he didn't save me? And God says, what are you talking about? I sent you two boats, dummy. Oh, man, I know I know what that movie is from. Um, Yo, I got the same feeling, but... Mm-mm. Give me a hit. Give me a hit? Okay. Uh, all right, it's, in the, it's, it's made within, like, the last 20 years. <laughs> main character. Too big. Too big. Main character. African American. Um, main main uh, main character. This movie got Will Smith in it. It does. It does. I know. I know. Um, is it Pursuit of Happiness? Yes, it is. Yeah, I was gonna guess that. That's my favorite movie. That's my favorite movie, bro. Yeah, that's an amazing. That's an amazing flick. Yeah. I like that segment. That's, That's nice. My favorite movie. Yeah. Well, I saw my, I was on Instagram the other day and it kind of just like it just popped up and I was like, yo, like I haven't heard that in a while, but this has to be in the episode. Yeah, that's you sung from that, yo. That movie always I, my mom will play it for me as a kid, yo. Every time that movie got like tears for me, bro. Yeah, it's <laughs> the every it's time. Story about hustle, about grind, about about all that. So um for, I'm sure most of you guys should have seen the movie. If you haven't seen the movie, it's about essentially Long story short, um, God puts his life savings into trying to sell like these medical devices, ends up going broke, um, finds himself um, in a like a trading internship. It was like trading stocks or something like that. Um, but he doesn't have a college degree, so he thinks that he's out of luck. Turns out that he don't need a college degree, gets the internship, grinds, 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 goes from literally living in homeless shelters to becoming rich, right? So it's a story of hustle, persistence, and the pursuit of happiness. If you haven't seen the movie, boom. But that story itself, I love, love the story because um, for me personally, for the past couple of days, I've been really thinking about seizing opportunities, right? Mm-hmm. That's what that's what that quote really just like shouts out to me is making sure that you seize opportunities when they present themselves, right? You don't want to, because I'll find myself sometimes where maybe, you know, in talking about uh, speaking things to existence, right? Maybe I'll be sitting in my room, I'm like, you know what, I wish I had you know, the opportunity to do this. I wish I could meet this type of person or that. And sometimes the opportunity will present itself and I'll have, maybe I don't even recognize the opportunity just presented itself or maybe I'm just being lazy, right? And then maybe it'll pass and I'm like, dang, like it was right there. Like I met just met that person. I didn't reach out or, you know, I want to go to this type of event and I was there and I didn't take advantage. And I, I was like, yo, I don't want to be in that type of position. So what this quote has taught me is anytime these, opportunities present themselves don't think about it as some maybe like magic grand sometimes opportunities present themselves right in front of you right you're not even noticing it you don't even see it so you want to make sure that you're taking advantage of them as they come to the fullest because you don't want to drown right so that's that's what that quote really means to me and like why i really arrive why i really love it i like that closed mouths don't get fed that's my granny that's my granny used to tell me closed mouths don't get fed Yep, Sosa. We had him on the podcast. He says that all the time. Close mouths don't get. That's up. right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> definitely, definitely. You guys have any? I uh, see it. Or eat them, yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I see it as like um, just don't be. It's kind of like being lazy in a sense. You kind of like waiting for the uh, the answer or the solution or whatever to come and directly, you know, smack you in the face. So, my the way I interpret it is don't be lazy. You know, um. Uh, my mom always says God only helps those who help themselves. So definitely do your part and be on the lookout for those two boats that might be passing you by. Right. Yeah, 
I, I try to, I try to, again, I, I try to relate um, as much as I can back to sports um, because for me coming up sports created like not only a foundation, but it gave me values and principles and life lessons. And one thing that like, no matter what sport I play football and basketball um, coaches will always say at critical times during the game, who's going to make a play, go make a play. And that's kind of like what, you know, sees opportunities kind of puts me in the mind frame of who's going to be the person that steps up and says, okay, look, I'm going to take a risk. I'm going to face a fear. Um, who's going to be that individual to be able to put themselves out there to, you know, see, seize the opportunity to make a play. And those individuals are the ones who create, who make legends out of themselves. Those are the ones who create great businesses. Those are the ones who who form strong relationships. And those are the ones who ultimately end up growing. And that's what life is about. It is about growing and experiences. And the only way you can do that is if you put yourself out there to fail. Um, and there's nothing wrong with failing. I think a lot of times um, we we hold ourselves up, you know, because of because of the fear thing. And I'm I'm real big on facing fear and you know uh attacking fear i have a i have a newborn son and although he can't really understand me today i'm always talking to him and reading to him um about facing fear and understanding that i heard will smith say one time that fear is a choice um and making the opportunity and seizing your opportunity is making a choice to you know attack and get over fear so that's kind of what that puts me in the mind frame of Definitely, definitely not. That's a hundred percent. So, um, on that note, that's the quote. I won't say it again because it's fairly long. But if you haven't seen that movie, it's a great movie. You heard our piece. If you how we feel about it, so that concludes the second segment. Um, stay tuned. In our third segment, we'll be talking about the real estate market, how you can get involved, John's story, and tips like that. So stay tuned. Welcome back, everyone. Segment three, Everybody Eats Podcast. So before, uh, we were speaking about uh, John and his podcast, Living With Purpose. Then we went into our nice quote, making sure you're taking all those opportunities that God presents. And lastly, we want to talk about real estate. So you briefly mentioned how you got into the real estate journey. So could you briefly recap again? How did you start? What were what was the first deal like? I think that's yeah. especially for someone who I know personally, I want to get into real estate. I haven't gotten fully yet. So what was it like getting that first property? So I, I, I did, and I didn't have any idea at the time, but now I learned that the strategy that I use is called what is um, called house hacking. And okay. what that is, is um, what that, what that means is I bought a house and I lived in the property for uh, maybe about two years. I put a couple of dollars into it. I put maybe about four to 5,000 in it. Um, and after those two years, I was able to then flip the house Um and that is what that is the strategy that is called house hacking. Individuals who buy a property, they live in it for a time, and they ultimately sell it for a profit. Um, so a lot of times when you see that that name of that strategy, that is what that that is what that looks like. Um, that first deal, it was it was terrifying. Um, <laughs> again, I had I had no idea um, what to do. You know what kind of to look for. Um, my mentor, you know, my guy who who asked who I asked. Um, who, who initially told me to go ahead and buy the property, I asked him, i never forget, I asked him at least maybe 50 questions a day, man. Like, literally, he was just walking me, walking me through each step, step by step. I'm talking about from the from the loan officer to, you know, connecting with a with the lender, connecting with the realtor, you know, what to look for in a property, you know, understanding the difference between looking for foreclosed properties and just, you know, regular um regular pro properties that are on, on the mls um understanding the 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 process of different type of lending and you know and fha loans and things like that all of that stuff was foreign to me i had no idea i was terrified to be completely honest with you um but like i was just saying to you guys last segment i really do try to face fear um so in, in that process um, I, I bought a, uh, the, the property was, it was, it was worth, it was worth about 60,000 at the time when I purchased it and I was able to buy it for 35,000, um, because it was a, it was a foreclosed property. The property is in very good shape. Um, if I, was it 35, real quick, was it 35 straight out your pocket like that or 
Yeah, so it was it was it, it was on it was on the market for thirty five thousand. I got um, what is called FHA lending, um, which is a first time home buyers pro, uh, process for first time uh, home buyers, and which allows you to put three and a half percent down, which is pretty like pretty much like the lowest amount of financing that you can get on a property. I would always um, suggest that first time home buyers, especially people who don't have any idea what to do to get into the market, to look into the FHA loan process. Because number one, it allows you to put the most minimum money down on the property. So you put three and a half percent down on whatever the, the purchased property is worth. So I told you before, the property was worth six, about 60000 but you put three and a half percent down on what the purchase price is. Um, okay. So I ended up having to put a few a few thousand dollars down. I had student loans at the time. So I took my money from my student loans and put it down for that down payment. Um, and a cousin of mine, him, him and I actually went in and, and, and uh, stayed stayed in that house for a couple of years. And like I said, I it was um it was a three bedroom, one and a one and a half bath when I bought it. And I ended up putting a full bathroom downstairs and turning it into a four bedroom. Mm. Um, the basement was half finished. Um, and then I put that full bathroom downstairs, which added, you know, um, it, it, it gave me more more value to, to the property. Um, and I, again, I had no idea that I was really doing a strategy. I just knew that I wanted to stand it for a little bit of time and I knew I wanted to flip it. Yeah. Um, and what's what's so funny is and, and look, luckily my wife won't hear me say this because, you know, she'll always tell me, listen, you did what you wanted to do. You learned from it. But if I knew what I knew, if I knew what I knew then as what I know today, I would have kept that property. I would not have sold it. Now, granted, I made, you know, I was able to sell it for maybe about 72000 So it was a little bit over um, the value that I initially bought it for because, like I said, I added value to it. Yeah. Um, and I was able to make, you know, 40 thousand dollars, you know, on my on my first deal, which is yeah. pretty, pretty good money, you know, for for a guy who didn't even necessarily you know, know what real estate investing was just a couple years prior. Um, but again, if I know what I knew now, I could, I would have, I would have kept it, but on the flip side, you live and you learn, man. It was just one of the seminars that I had to pay for. And that was the first, that was the first deal. And that was the deal that let me know, okay, this thing is real. Yeah. So well, uh, why do you say that you would have kept it? Is it just like the property value increase or like? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so a couple of different reasons. Number one, the property value over there in that market is definitely increased um, to this day. Um, it continues to go, go up to the day. Was um, it in Akron? Yes, it's, it's, it's in Akron, but it was like, it was very close to a suburb, which is called Chicago Falls. Um, and literally at the time after I had sold it, they were building up like this, this area, you know, with like, Again, your your big real estate gurus will always tell you location is key, and always pay attention to like a couple signs. If you see a Chipotle and Starbucks and grocery stores in that area, then you know that it's a hot market. And all of those things were happening a couple miles down the street. Mm -hmm. um, so I would have I would have kept it because of the location that it was in, and I would have kept it because um, as I became just a little bit more you know involved, I learned that you know the goal is to become a real estate buyer not a seller to me um in my in my opinion the goal is to become a real estate buyer because when you are a buyer it allows you to have cash flow and and passive income and that is the goal that ultimately makes people wealthy by having that cash flow that residual income that money that you make when you are asleep the mailbox money um one of the my most biggest inspirations is Nipsey Hussle and you know and he would talk about mailbox money residual income so much and that is what what mailbox money is it is it is residual income and that's you know that's kind of like the main reason i would have kept it outside of the you know the location in itself because i don't even care that much about location today because i see the value that probably is no matter where it is as long as it produces positive cash flow um so that's that's why i really would have kept that property you know um to this day if i would have known what i know today but again you live and you learn yeah yeah for sure so sure. Edom, you have anything Um, yeah, so out is there like another big lesson you want to get? Like you can give any if I'm looking to get into the real estate market um, as a buyer, even as a potential homeowner. What are what's one lesson you can give me as a as a potential homeowner looking to buy a house and someone just entering the market for the first time? 
Yeah, so for sure. Um, that's that's a very good question. So for you two guys specifically, I mean, you guys are, are what I would consider to be rarities, you know, especially as it relates to like millennials and um is it Generation Z or is it Generation X? I don't want to be offensive. Nah, we Which millennials, bro. Oh, y'all millennials? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my fault. My yeah. bad. My nah, bad. We, we not, we not one of those. Y'all not millennials, man. Yeah, yeah I, think, I, think, what, I think around us it ends. Your son is going to be Generation Z. What year, what year was y'all born? 97. Yeah. Y'all not millennials, man. Nah, we millennials, bro. Yeah. I, I trust we gonna look, me. We're going to look that up at the end of this. We're going to look yeah. that up at the end of this. <laughs> But 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 you guys are in a very good situation because you don't have any student loan debt. And I will always tell individuals who don't have any student loan debt to buy real estate. You know, especially on look, especially like right now where we are right now with with Corona being what it is and unemployment rate is skyrocketing, which means that the real estate market is going to tank here pretty soon. Um, it is already kind of slowly but surely like taking its taking its hits. But what's going to happen is there's going to be um, a lot of foreclosed properties pretty soon, unfortunately, because a lot of people aren't going to be able to pay their mortgages, um, which means there's going to be a lot of people in distressed situations looking to get rid of their, their homes so they don't have foreclosures also. So they're going to be looking to get rid of their homes quickly. Um, so kind of going back a little bit, what I would tell people to look for is um, definitely look into that FHA loan where you can only put three and a half percent down again. That allows you to put the most minimum down on your property when you when you purchase it. But another thing that I would tell people to do is this is this is a very key. Um, when looking to buy your first property, depending on what the situation is, but just in my opinion, I would look because FHA loan, what it allows you to do is also you are able to get three and a half percent down from from one to I think one to six units. I think it's either one to six or one to four units. So you can get you can get a duplex um, and put the same amount of, of money down on that property um, or you can get the same type of financing on that property, um, but ultimately have more value because you have more units. So you can be able to rent out um, two units instead of just, you know, the one or, you know, if you get a four to five unit, you can rent out those four. Um, and what I would tell individuals to do is, you know, do the house hack strategy, but go and try to get you a multi unit. So get you something with multiple with multiple units inside of it. Even if you got to go in with a partner, you know, double up with somebody, um, partnering partnering with some people, man, to really try to figure this thing out. And I would tell people to get you the multi unit, stay on one side and rent the other side out. That way, your more you're living you're living rent free and your mortgage is being paid. And whatever your extra strategy is, if you want to keep it, you can keep it and continue to get the um, the residual income. Or you can keep it for a couple years and not only will you be living uh, rent free because your mortgage will be getting paid for, you will be getting um, you will be making continuous profit from the flip that you will ultimately do. So I would tell people to look into the FHA loan, but also buy multi units, you know, look, look to buy the multi unit. That is another key that will help you build wealth in um, 07 when the crash hit. A lot of your big time guys will tell you that a lot of the people who really lost and took a took a lot of hit um, were people in single family home space. Um, but the people who didn't really feel that effect so much were the people who were in the multifamily unit space. So that is what I would tell people to look into the FHA. But when you look into the FHA, go for the multi unit space, man. You get better bang for your buck. And it just it just makes more sense when you're trying to build the wealth. Um, and that is something that is very easily e easily uh, obtainable um, for your first time home buyers. Definitely, definitely. So I think we kind of got to review that for the people in the back because that was some really that was some really good advice right there. So FHA loan, um, that's the, what the Federal Housing Authority or yes. Federal Housing Association. Yes. So mm -hmm. um, you can put three and a half percent down on a property. So just to clarify, right? So if a house um, costs $100,000, right? So obviously mm -hmm. you may not have $100,000 fresh out of pocket to go pay for that house. So mm -hmm. instead of paying that $100,000, you have the option to pay 3.5% of yes. that $100,000, which would be $3,500, right? Right. Now you're... Do you have any... Well, I, I, wanted, I wanted to just kind of expound on that a little bit yeah. because, go for it. again, th these, are, these are things that I, I really want to make this crystal clear because going into the situation, I had no idea. So I want to yeah. like, you know, really paint this picture. So in order to be approved for a hundred thousand um, dollar 
loan and and from 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 a lender from a bank, you have to be able to show on paper that you are bringing in that much that much income. So why I said that you guys are in such a good situation because let's say that you are um, making you, let's say you guys on your job you're making excuse me you're making thirty to fifty thousand dollars a year. You know what I'm saying that that's that's pretty obtainable. You know for guys who are really you know stepping out of college and things like that. But if you guys don't have student loan debt, you don't have a lot of debt weighing down um, your, your credit report. So because one thing that hit me as I began to learn a lot was my debt to income ratio because I went to school. I had student loan debt. And although I was making decent money, I had so many student loans that it was weighing down my uh, my potential as being someone who could be able to be lended to. So. Mm-hmm individuals who do not have a lot of student loan debt you really should try to take advantage of this but even those people who do have student loan debt it still works for you but you may have to just go through a little bit more stipulations to be able to get approved which basically means that you'll probably have to give them um a lot more paperwork you know as far as like what your your pay stubs and things like that look like um but you will it just may take a little bit longer but it's yeah. still very much possible, and those are things that I did not know. So I want to make those type of things very yeah. crystal clear. Um, so I didn't, I didn't mean to cut you off. So go ahead. No, no definitely not. We we love to we love to go in depth. You know, making sure that people understand. So um, like you said, so that's that three and a half percent. Obviously, there are qualifications. So um, when you're talking about that student loan debt, that's that debt to income ratio that you know we're speaking about, right? So yep. Yep. Um, if you are say you're making fifty thousand, right, but you do have ten thousand dollars in debt. Right, that money that you have to pay towards your debt is gonna weigh in on your income, and that's that debt to income ratio. So, yeah. And so, as you're saying, it's not like it's impossible if you have debt, but um, it's just gonna be a little bit more um, harder of a process. Correct. Um, so then, also uh, the strategy for that multi-unit, I've heard that strategy multiple times, and that's very, very key. Um, so just to expound on that, right? So um, what he said is that if you can get a four-unit property, for example. Um, if you're, you know, yeah, it's an apartment, you know, complex, maybe like four, one or two bedroom apartments. If you can purchase the entire building, right, but then you can live in one and rent out the other three. So now you can have the income from your other, your residents pay down the mortgage for the house, right, yeah. for, the, for the entire building and whatever, whatever is left, you know, is profit, right? So yeah. um, that's a, that's definitely a great strategy. I've heard that multiple times and I think that's a really great way to get into and then, like you said, whatever your exit strategy is, then you just move on from there. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. that's that's some gems. All right, so we're continuing our conversation about real estate. Um, so, uh, off camera, we had interesting conversation. John was talking about another experience he had uh, regarding his first property. So, I want John to just kind of go more in depth than that. Talk about that story. What happened? What you learned? And all that good stuff. Yeah. So, um, like I was telling you guys um, earlier, you know, if I if I could do it all over again, I would have kept the property. Um, and that's for a couple of different reasons. Like one, you know, the few that I named before, but the last one that I didn't name is the reason why I would have kept it is because, again, man, like a lot of young people and a lot of people, you know, who are new to money, when you get a little bit of money, and you soon realize that number one. What you think is a lot of money is not a lot, mm-hmm. and it is very, very, very easily to spend money. Mm-hmm. Like I want to say that again, it is very, very easy to spend money. Um, so that first deal, it was great. You know, I had my high, I had my hopes high on what I was going to do with it. You know, like all right, I'm gonna buy some more, I'm gonna buy some more properties, yada yada yada. And it just didn't work like that, man. You know, <laughs> And if anybody can take anything from my story, I want them to understand that I've been through some stuff that has been not just hard, um, but it's forced me to learn. Um, And I really don't regret it. You know, so in this situation, I got my property. I think I walked away with maybe I think I walked away with maybe like forty three thousand or something like that to be um, at, at the end. And. To be completely honest, man, that forty three thousand was gone in a matter of you know less than a year. Um, now, granted, I did have some big expenses, you know, in that process. I did get married. I did, you know, pay a lot of that to a wedding. But still, a lot of it still went to 
you know, just BS, whether that just be partying, whether that just be materialistic things, whether that just meant it was going to be to to pay down debt um, because, I, you know, I was hoping to, you know, continue to boost up my credit. And that's another thing that I learned, too, is. And um, in credit, when building your credit, having no debt is not always a good thing. Mm-hmm. We just having, had a good episode about that. Having, <laughs> having, having good literally, debt, yeah. Is, yeah. A, is, a, is, a, is a good thing and having um if you had I, I forgot the exact terminology so so forgive me um because some people gonna try to forget uh are gonna correct me um but i think it's like 30 percent revolving credit um and basically what that means is if you have a um a thousand dollar credit limit um you shouldn't go over that three hundred dollars yeah, you know, yeah you, you know what i'm saying because if you do then you are over that 30 percent which then is going to decrease your credit score. So when I got the money, when I got when I got when I got my check from from that first deal, um, I had put my wife's ring on credit, you know. So I said, all right, cool. I'm gonna just go ahead and pay this pay this bill off, you know what I'm saying? So I can just be so that can clear 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 me out. I just paid my I just paid my house back, you know. That's gonna boost my credit up. Yeah. When I went to go try to buy another house, I had paid all this debt. I had a little bit of money, and she's like. Your credit score is not any higher. I said, "Well, what? What you mean? I just paid all this debt." Yeah. And she was like, "No, it doesn't work that way." And that's when she kind of schooled me and let me know. And I had no idea. And again, young people, we don't we don't really know these type of things, especially when you have not been taught, you know, the game. You have not been taught um the ins and outs of how this thing works. So yeah, I mean, I, I blew the money. You know, some of it I spent on on things that I don't regret at all. Like I said, my, my marriage, um, and, and, and my wedding, um, even though. I would still tell people, you know, who get married today, um, if you can, if you had that wedding, save your money, man. Don't get <laughs> it on the wedding. You know what I'm saying? But that's another that's another story for another day. Even though, <laughs> even though I don't, yeah, even I don't have my regrets, I still tell people to look and do something different. But I blew the money. Um, I had, I have. It took me a long time to get over that. Um, mentally, it did because I was really kicking myself in the head. Um, but like I said, you know, my wife was always very good as, as far as just affirming and reassuring that number one, I did what I had my eyes set on. You know, I wanted to sell that property. You know, I wouldn't have been able to be on here with you guys sharing this story if I wouldn't have went through that experience. Yeah. So I didn't fail. I learned, you yeah. know, and that is the greatest, you know, that is one of your greatest lessons in life. Um, they say a, uh, a uh, a smart person learns from his own mistakes, but a wise person learns from other people's mistakes. So hopefully yeah. somebody, so hopefully somebody can learn from my mistake that I made. Yeah. Uh, whether that be you guys, whether that be somebody in your audience, somebody, you know. So I have I have no regrets on it, man. It it is what it is. Um, and now when I come into that money, I realize that that money is nothing, you know. Yeah. Um, and I know how to really build my credit now too. So, yeah. you know, it it is what it is. Uh, definitely, like literally, we just recorded an episode earlier this week, um, and we had we had Aaron Hernandez talking about credit. You know how to, and that's that's what came up that thirty minute, uh, thirty percent, um, you know, limit of the yeah. credit you should be spending. But yep. uh, I like the point that you made where you said, um, essentially, in order to even be in a position to waste forty thousand dollars, it's because you pursued being able to, you know, buy, live, and flip the house. You know, yep. and that even that. That experience is what allowed you to make that yep. mistake, or you yep. know, so to speak. So yep. uh, it's about the experiences, you know. And like you said, now, now you know that, like, all right, I learned not to do that again. But you know, it's not something to necessarily regret the mistakes because you wouldn't know or wouldn't be in a better position now if it wasn't for that. Um, so I, I really, I really like that. Um, I, like, I like that story. I find, I found it interesting, and that's what we hear. Everybody eats, you know. Everybody got to eat. So. Definitely living uh, another one of our models, teaching while we learn, learning while we teach. So he went through that experience. So now for those who are interested in getting to properties, you know, because it's a lot of, um, you know, you hear a lot. Sometimes uh, an issue that happens in our community is that when we get a hold of a lot of money, sometimes we don't have the financial literacy to know what to do with that money. You know, yep. and you can't blame it. Like if you if say you don't grow up a certain way, I mean, myself, if I just drop 40000 in my hand, yeah, like I'm a wanted to go spend it you know what i mean yeah but, i mean for sure know, after his experiences and learning when you realize like whoa there's better ways i can do it and you know what i mean and there's ways to invest or you know you say you spend all this good stuff on, on you know your wedding and stuff you could have even made a worse mistake and not spending on your wedding and then you don't have money for your wedding you know what i mean so it's not like it was completely bad but 
all that to say this, um, that's a lesson for you guys, you know, um, if you're guessing you're going to flipping houses and just simple rules, like even rules to the streets, right? When you make money, you probably got to put it back into your product, right? So it's right. like, it's those right. things you may hear in music even, right? You hear rappers say it all the time, but it's, you know, applying those principles in, in, in everyday life, business, entrepreneur, real estate, whatever that you do, these, uh, these concepts apply. So uh, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. No uh, problem. Ian, do you have do you have any piece? No, no, no. Everything you said was really relatable, and definitely the credit and real estate stuff. Really, just another, I guess, reiteration of what we heard from earlier in the week, and definitely the points you gave us on real estate. I'm gonna definitely think about when it's my turn. Yeah. Sure. Good. No, no. If you guys listen to the episode, I hope you're taking notes because we dropped some really good gems and I, I really enjoyed. So um, before we conclude, do you have any final tips uh, for the listeners, whether it's podcast related, your podcast related, your experience yeah. related, real estate related? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I was I was I, I was saying on, on, when we were on one of our breaks, you know, that I'm, I'm real big into kind of like just mindset. Yeah. Um, and one of those, the one of the main reasons that I'm even able to like speak to that is, again, through my own personal experiences. And one of the experiences that I had maybe about mm, two years ago um, really changed my life for the for the better. Um, I ended up going to therapy myself. Um, and I started, I started going, like I said, I worked for a mental health agency and I was able to really kind of get educated on what therapy looked like, um, and what the impact of, uh, of what trauma or what that looked like, especially in the African-American community and specifically African-American males. Um, and when I went to therapy, man, it really changed my life. Um, I can't, I can't reiterate that enough. It, it changed my life. Um, and it, and it, one thing about therapy for me, um, I really want to try to dispel the stigma behind it. And really what therapy is, it is literally having conversations with a third party who does not judge you, you know, somebody who just listens. And a lot of times I think as men, we don't really, you know, have those type of people to, to speak with and to talk to. Um, and I, I really try to put that messaging out in anything I do is the impact of, you know, mental health and mental clarity and mental wellness. That is more important than your physical wellness and in anything else. You know, if your mind is not clear, then all of this, you know, the rest of this stuff will be discombobulated. You know, we are we are holistic creatures by nature, you know, meaning that we are connected through mind, body and spirit. But if your mind is not taken care of again, the rest of it is not going to be right. So um, I want to just continue to like, you know, speak on the importance of going to therapy, you know, having people to, to speak with, you know, doing things to really strengthen and work on your mind even when you when you're young man if if, if i could have went to therapy when i was in my 20s and i would have i would have done that you know and i would i would have started earlier um and go i still go regularly um i try to go once every two weeks to this day um and going to therapy has really changed my life it's allowed me to have not only different coping skills but it's allowed me to improve my relationships with people in my family um it's allowed me to um, continue to improve my relationship and strengthen my bond with my wife. Um, it has allowed me to, you know, um, become a a more optimistic business person, and it's allowed me to be um, just a overall healthier person, you know, in making decisions, you know, because being an entrepreneur, one of the skill sets that you have to have is you have to be able to adjust and make decisions on the fly. Um, and I attribute, you know, being able to do that fairly well. Um, we're going to therapy, you know, so I really just want to kind of like share that messaging. You know, that's something that, that we also try to highlight on the Live Your Purpose podcast as well. It's just mental health, mental health and wellness um, as a whole. So um, that goes hand in hand with business as well for me. For sure, for sure. So that kind of reminds me of a point, um, something that I've been learning along my entrepreneur journey as well. And, um, you know, obviously I've just started a passion of trying to help other early entrepreneurs. So that reminds me of a thought I've been, you know, kind of chewing on that entrepreneurship business is like, it's not so much necessarily like a numbers game. All right, it is a numbers game and it is about your product and selling and all that. But a lot of it comes from, it's very a mental game. It's really, Absolutely. one thing that I've learned about, like a lot of it has to do with your, your mental health, your discipline, your personality, 
you know, you, you know, your, your, your drive, your determination. It's more, I realize it's more about those inner attributes rather than, you know, the stuff that you're trying to sell and how good yes. you necessarily sell a product. Yep. Granted, yep. that will stuff will make you money, but yep. the, what allows you to make those decisions, what allows you to wake up every morning, what allows you to go through the stress of being an entrepreneur is having that clear headedness that determination, that drive, that inward clarity to make those decisions, like you said. And that's Absolutely. something that maybe at first I didn't really realize. I thought it was more like, okay, I buy it for this amount. Let me go sell it. Well, granted, you know what I mean? On paper, that's what it is. But, you know, entrepreneur journey, we go through this a lot. It's not as easy as it sounds all the time. There are ups, there are downs. There are times where you're going to make money. You're not going to make money. You'll get views. You won't get views. Things will go right. Things will go wrong. We make I make mistakes all the time. Like, you know, I just said the camera wasn't rolling for a bit. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's those mistakes that you have to be able to be like, oh my gosh, I did it again. All right, next. You know what I mean? Let's right. just rolling. Or next time, let me learn, let me do this. So a lot of it is mental. And you know, that's what I think really makes good entrepreneurs, businessmen, content creators, all that stuff. Um, is when you can able to weather those mental storms and the, the stuff that life throws at you. Um, there's another quote I, I had in my head, but it kind of just like slipped the way um but that's something that i've learned oh um something that i also noticed again um, leading up to that is the fact that i realize a lot of times you'll run your business similar to how your personality is and vice versa you'll often see your personality in your business and you'll see your business in your personality so yeah. sort of how you are disciplined generally how you are how your integrity is how your discipline how your personality is will reflect and how well you do business how sure. well if you're consistent if you're putting out content if you're doing that a lot of times it will reflect how you are in your personal life um right. that's something i realized that it's not always just about you know the numbers of can i sell this pen can i sell this this you know but how good are you mentally to make those decisions like you said on the fly because sometimes you'll maybe network you'll run find yourself networking you you know a deal might just happen out of nowhere and you have to be able to assess and be like, yo, is this a good decision? Wait, let me not rush it, but then let me not take too long. You know what I mean? So it's a lot of those decisions that I feel like don't always get talked about because it's a lot about, oh, you buy it like this and you sell it like that. But it's those like, it's those behind the scenes journeys and those behind the scenes mental things that you have to go through in order to become, I think, really successful. Not even just businesses, but in life in general. So sure. uh, everybody eats. It's not just numbers, but we're also, you know, prof professional development is your insight, is your um, you know, inner, inner health as well. So, um, thank you. Thank you for touching that. I think that's, um, very, very important point. Mm -hmm. No problems. Yes. So, um, that concludes pretty much, uh, Edom, any, any last points? Uh, just to put the cherry on top, uh, I was going to say a quote, uh, forward, always, always forward. So, for sure, for sure. Always forward, especially in this time. A lot of people are saying the ones, obviously, this time, Corona, it's, it's very hectic, very distressful. But, you know, the ones who are going to be in a better position at, on the other side of this are the ones who push through and the ones who, you know, fight through the battles and fight what life is giving you right now. So um, that's some words of encouragement. So, John, we want to thank you very much for this conversation. I learned a lot. I really enjoyed it. I know our listeners enjoyed it as well. You, If you weren't taking notes, Run this back and start taking notes because we got some really good tips um, on, on getting into real estate, especially for those who are looking to get into their first properties, right? Again, early entrepreneurs like myself, I don't have a property. But this is something that I'm going to be taking note of for in the, in the, in the future guy world when I want to get mine. So, um, you know, you can watch me on my journey, you know, as, as I learn and grow as well. Yeah, so, I'm, looking, I'm, looking, I'm looking forward to seeing you grab that first one, man. Definitely, we're definitely gonna have to be in contact because I know, um, y'all know they say Ohio is hot, you know what I mean, for that real estate market. So I haven't been there, but you know what I mean. Now I know somebody in Ohio, now you can someone to show me around and all that stuff. So I'm that's like, a fact. that's a fact. Any, anytime you're ready, man. Anytime you're ready, do it, do it. So I want to thank everybody for listening. Um, make sure you follow us on all platforms. Oh, how can people find you? Oh, uh, yeah, so you can find me on, on Instagram and Facebook. Um, John Morgan Jr. is the uh, is the handle on Instagram. Live Your Purpose Podcast on YouTube, um, on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. You can find us there, Live Your Purpose Podcast. Um, be looking for our new episode. It will be dropping tomorrow um, with the entrepreneur, you know, um, real estate guy. Actually, the mentor who I told you about who actually 
who helped me in this journey. I had him on my podcast a couple weeks ago. We're gonna be dropping this episode um, tomorrow, so everybody kind of be on the lookout for that. Um, and yeah, just follow me, support, subscribe to the page. Um, shout out to everybody, each podcast. Um, like I said to you guys before, man, I love seeing young dudes doing your thing. Um, I was never a social media person before, but the power of social media is what allows us to form these strong relationships um, and form good relationships. So I want to salute you guys, man, to what you're doing. Continue to do your thing. Um, I'm looking forward to watching the episode that you guys just posted um, a couple days ago. Um, you guys are doing amazing stuff, putting out amazing content, amazing work. You guys are going to get your reciprocation uh, from the universe and that stuff, man. So keep it up. Um, I want to see you guys continue to grow. Thanks for having me, too, by the way. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you very much. So for everyone out there, remember to stay safe, stay healthy, and wash your hands. See you guys next week.